for centuries I have slumbered. Who summons me? Oh, it's you. Hi, <laughs> welcome to Nintendo Power. Welcome to the Playing With Power podcast. The uh, retrospective podcast where we dissect each and every issue of Nintendo Power we can get our hands on. And uh, just take a wonderful, long trip down memory lane. I am your host, Mike King. Joining me is my other host, Ben. Hey, what's up? Oh, my expectations. Because a couple of issues ago, we saw a contest about make your own video game. Well, this is the issue where the winner gets decided. Oh, boy. And there's other things, too, like a TMNT, a huge 10-page feature. Finally. Oh, and then we get to see... More coverage on Ninja Gaiden, which really doesn't say much because it's still, you got your weapons and there's, you're a ninja and you kill things. Moving yep. on. So. Let's talk about the, uh, yeah, May, June, 1989. Issue number six of the love, the inaugural Nintendo Power, almost at the, its one year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Now, on the cover, the first animated cover I think we have since most of the other ones were live models or uh, claymation. Like pictures of real things. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, first animated cover. Well, not animated, but illustrated. There's still some real photography. You could look around the uh, sewer pipe that the turtle, four turtles are coming out of. Yeah, I think that's a real photo, and they sort yeah. of illustrate on top of it. So it's hybrid. Yeah, and I like how uh, is it Donatello? He's got a, a slice yeah. of pizza in his hand as they're like jumping out of the sewers to go fight yeah. the bad guys. <laughs> you think Michelangelo would be the one who's like? Oh, no, we're going to fight mousers? All right, I better bring some emergency food. You think Mikey's the one thinking with his stomach, but no, he's just looking at Donnie's pizza like like he's ready to cold cock Donnie with his nunchucks just to get get his pizza. (laughs) It's like, dude, you shouldn't have left with that, and you shouldn't have turned your back on me. Two mistakes, bro. Two mistakes. I'm looking at Raphael, and we all know he has the three-pointed sigh, which is like Mm -hmm. a a fork with us with a small handle but here they're like different they're like crescent blades yeah, for like, hilts like crystals crystals almost yeah like he's holding crystal uh spiked things like everyone else has their regular weapons except for michelangelo who i know it's just a camera angle but it just right. looks like he's holding a uh <laughs> something he something he found in the dumpster of the sex shop it's like a stun baton almost it's almost <laughs> Something weird I noticed about the turtles is that I don't wonder if there's any correlation between the size of their nose and how it bends down over her teeth and any other parts of their bodies. Look at at Donnie's. You know, Donatello has no nose, completely flat. Raphael, his his nose is a little bit protruded, not much. And you have Leonardo's, and his is totally just dangling down over his teeth, hitting his jaw. And then Mikey's (laughs) is just hitting his chest. He's like an aardvark. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and Leo's like Jimmy Durante. Yeah. Like, everybody wants to get into the act. <laughs> is that like a camera angle thing and they all have big schnozzes? Or is it like, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, you know what they say about turtles with big schnozzes? Yeah, they're all differently endowed. And uh, it's got to be camera angles because they don't usually have like uh, such distinct features. Usually right. in the uh, shows, like they're, uh, they're, it's either just the Basques or mm. uh, in other places, they're uh, they're colored or shaded Differently, like uh, in some cases, Raphael is like the darker skin turtle, and Michelangelo is like a bleached green, and hmm. so there's varying shades in between. So You're saying is light skinned. Yeah, in different iterations, they have uh, different shades of color for the turtle. So they're more than just 
like just a bandana to I identify see. them with. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the inside cover. We've got the, another ad for the, uh, now they're calling it Captain Nintendo, but it's the uh, power hotline, the tip line. They now have a 1-900 number, 1-900-420-6100. And you know what else they also have? A black kid. Hooray for diversity. Oh, it's kids this time, in fact, not just people in uh, spacesuits. And, and, and you look at the people. Yeah, there's finally some diversity here. Like the uh, first issue had those white preppy kids. Now you've got like the uh, slightly younger demographic mm-hmm. before, they, uh, before they discovered the power of racism. And uh, they're, the only power they're interested in isn't white power, but Nintendo power. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I t- Anyway. They, well, take, uh, take a look up top. They, they, they managed to retain the uh, track and field sneakers again. They've got the rocketing uh, track and field sneakers at the very top of the image for some reason, just blasting off into space. I love the look on all the kids' faces. It's like they discovered a sex line. <laughs> and then uh, and then on the other page, we find out, and they've got the same rates, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, all it is is like once a week, you can call for $1.50 a minute, I think. And there's a two-minute message from Captain Nintendo with tips on it. That's it. <laughs> Wait, it's a weekly thing and you don't even get to talk to a person? They just give you a pre-sorted list? Yeah, it's just a robotic uh, message from Captain Nintendo. <laughs> That's stupid! <laughs> How are you... T- I mean, you got problems, if you got problems with Mega Man, then they're just like, if you wanted to know where the secret shop is in Dragon Warrior, you're in luck. That's this week's tip. I just right. spent $2 on my phone to find out you're screwing me. Yeah, pretty much. I just want you to keep calling in every week. <sighs> Message changes every Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> so we're in the uh, table of contents and a delicious pun, a series of puns. The uh, Bayou Billy, can you give Billy a little Gatorade? Hello. Uh, uh? And then uh, Uncle Fester's quest, alien invaders leave Fester in the lurch. Hi-o. <laughs> and uh, Pack Watch. The future is so bright, we're wearing shades. Oh, wow. That has to be from, like, a song or something. No, I'm pretty sh- I mean, if it's that bad, it's got to be all them. Oh, I see. But uh, it, we're, now we're in the mailbag. Yeah, we've got some uh, juicy bits in the mailbag. Us. Uh, speaking of juice, the first one is the Nest Gourmet. Mm-hmm. Four of us got together and made a magazine called Nintendo News for a school project. We thought Nest fans would enjoy the following recipe we included. Mike Tyson's Punch. Two cups of strawberry Kool-Aid, two cups of raspberry Kool-Aid, two cups of ginger ale, and one box of frozen strawberries. Makes 12 four-ounce servings. Mix both flavors of Kool-Aid and the ginger ale. Add the strawberries, chill for 30 minutes before serving. This sounds kind of sweet. Did you try it? No, I was curious about the box of frozen strawberries bit. Is that like whole strawberries? They dice it up or... Is it kind of like supposed to be a smoothie, or is it literally just like they sit in the punch and you like scoop around them? Yeah, I think it's like just to let the flavor leak out of it and uh, being cool to uh, chill it so that it doesn't like you know melt and dilute it with water. Hmm. I guess it's supposed to be the substitute. Oh yeah! Next, we've got down to the sound. <laughs> uh, can you provide a beat for me? <laughs> this kid says, "I made a rap for you." I hope you and all the Nest fans will like it. Sure. All right, DJ Ben. Here we go. Beat me. Um. Um. 
It's the Legend of Zelda, and it's really bad. The creatures in the game are really rad. Dark nuts move very fast, but if you're quick, they will not last. Paul's voice jumps super high, but if you watch your speed, you will not die. Wiz robes move fast, I agree, but if you get touched, you lose a bit of energy. I'd like to thank Nintendo for all the fun. I'm sorry to say my rap is done. Word. From Andrew Martin. Drop the mic. I'm not dropping this mic. It's expensive. Oh, okay. Uh, I looked up Andrew to see if he he had made himself a, a career in rap, and sorry to say he did not. Ghostwriter for Vanilla Ice. <laughs> no, he's had a rather rather uh, regular career in uh, the corporate world. But uh, Andrew, if you're out there and you still have some some rap in you, we'd love to hear from you. Send us in your best rap about your experience of a life. If you can make a rap for our show. We will pay you up to five dollars. Woo! Totally deaf rap, Andrew. <laughs> uh, and uh, a quick read for the SMB fan: the graphics in Super Mario Brothers Two are some of the best ever by Nintendo. Really? Uh, sometimes the enemies in the game can even help you get through tough spots like World Four Six. I guess he's talking about the part where Roberto shoots an egg, and instead of throwing it back at him, you just ride it across to the. Uh, across the boundless sky to the uh, secret hmm. level. But he says the ending is the best thing about this game. I kind of disagree, but he says, will you ever release Super Mario Brothers 3? Well, we're glad you enjoyed Super Mario Brothers 2. We are, in fact, producing Super Mario Brothers 3 for a Nintendo's Play Choice 10 system late this summer. Yeah, not the Nintendo. They did it for an arcade machine. Did you read up on what this uh, arcade machine is? Yeah, it, it's just like a... It's an arcade machine that has 10 different games on it, basically, and they swap out which games are on it from time to time. There's a time limit on that thing. That's the real, uh, that's yeah. the real kick in the nuts. Mm-hmm. Good luck getting anywhere in the game because it just turns off. <laughs> not, like, not even like put a quarter in to buy some more time. It is friggin' done. <laughs> are you sure about that? I think pretty sure it's still like lives uh, that you have to pay for. We'll do an addendum on it. Yeah, another letter. We have Fantastic Nez Artist. Hi, I'm a beginning cartoonist and commercial artist who loves Nintendo games. I've even started my own series of comic books, of which Nintendo has been a valuable source of inspiration. To show my gratitude, I've drawn some Legend of Zelda characters. Thanks again. And he drew a picture of what appears to be... Uh, They look like Goombas, Moblins, Moblins, uh, the uh, serpents from Mario Brothers. Zora? Yeah, the Zora from... Yeah, the fish is the Zora. The uh, snake, uh, yeah, they look like uh, basically the uh, yeah enemies from Zelda. Right. Now, this was written by Matt Boson, and uh, this guy stuck with the art thing. He managed to end up working for video game companies. He did art and animation for Mickey's Ultimate Challenge, WCW Mayhem, Hot Wheels Stunt Track Driver, wow. WWF Betrayal. Uh, the Shantae video game series. If you've ever played that, it's a series of uh, games with a sexy genie girl with long purple hair, and she attacks people by whipping her hair like years before Willow Smith was even born. (laughs) Oh, the thing about this is that it was started in uh, 1994. Uh, Aaron Boson, his then-fiancé, came up with the idea of the main character while coming back from her camp counselor days, she named her Shantae after one of the campers, and Matt Boson liked the idea and decided to flesh out this character's universe. 
And uh, at the time, Aaron had very long hair, and she would hit Matt in the face every time she turned around. So that inspired him to come up with the idea of her hair whip attack. It's such a cute story of the, how this character was made, everything from top to bottom. And uh, it, the Shantae series came out for the Game Boy Color, and for the Game Boy Color, it looked like a Game Boy Advance game. So hmm. this guy did not skimp on graphics. It was as beautiful in the presentation as it was in the drawing, and he's still at the Shantae series. He's making them for the PlayStation 4 as indie games, I believe. Oh, wow. So uh, you can check out his Twitter at, or his DeviantArt, Matt Bozon, B-O-Z-O-N, and uh, just check out the amazing talent of this guy. He's uh, still in the artwork business, still in the video game business, and he's still drawing amazing-looking things, so... That's More cool. power to you, Matt. So, any other mailbags? No, I think we should move on to the Nintendo, I mean, uh, the, the, the feature, which is the Ninja Turtles. The TMNT. That's uh, right. right. Right off the bat, there's uh, some interesting little fallacies here. Like, it says, Donatello. Don is the strongest turtle, but he also moves very slow. Now, in the video game, like he's got the longest reaching weapon, and whatever keeps you away mm -hmm. from the bad guys is uh, the most tactical weapon of choice. But right. uh, if anybody has ever uh, watched anything with the Ninja Turtles, Donatello is the brains of the group. He is, uh, you know, uh, an inventor, a reader, a bookworm. He is by far the weakest <laughs> of, the, uh, of them by far because he's always skipping out on practice to read up on science and chemistry and biology. And uh, anybody anybody who knows anything knows that Raph is uh, always the strongest and most powerful of the turtles. But Leonardo's still the group because every he still leads the group because he usually beats him because he always plays on Raph's anger. So Leo's the a uh, little weaker but more disciplined. Now I have to disagree with you because I remember from the series that everyone always thought, oh Leonardo and Raphael, one of those two are going to be the winners in a tournament, and it always turned out it was actually Michelangelo. Yes, you saw the Tournament of Champions on the uh, on that lovely TMNT series from the 2000s. Uh, mm -hmm. Have you kept up with the uh, series, the new Nickelodeon series? No, I dropped that one. I haven't seen that at all, unfortunately. You really should check it out because it's got lovely homage to the 80s series, the 90s movies. Oh, okay. it, is, it is a fantastic. It's still its own thing mm -hmm. while looking great. And uh, it has fantastic little plays on characters. Uh, you know, it's got, it took like three seasons, but they finally brought Rocksteady and Bebop in. And mm. it's an interesting twist on how they're, they're introduced in their human counterparts several times earlier. Hmm. But uh, it comes as a surprise when they finally get mutated and they're Rocksteady and Bebop. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you, and uh, they even bring in like uh, Razar, Razar from, the, uh, from the TMNT Secret of the Ooze movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's that was funny. also uh, Metalhead slash. It's a uh, definitely check out the new Nickelodeon series. It okay. does the it does the turtles well. It's funny. It's cute. It's adorable. It's well done. It's, I can't say enough about it. It's great. Usually people piss on uh, on new things because it messes with their nostalgia. Sure. This one this one does it right. Well, okay. And uh, pisses on them just right. <laughs> and I'm looking at uh, we've we we all know who the turtles are. Donatello, not the strongest, but in this video game, whatever. Uh, Michelangelo, his nunchuck works well against smaller enemies. Raphael, his sigh is the quickest weapon, but does not have a long range. 
play yeah. it because he's basically fighting you with a tuning fork. Yeah, you, have you played this game? Uh, I told you in the last issue I had a little bit of experience with oh, it. Oh, well, I didn't know if you had played I, it between then and now. Uh, um, wanted to, but busy with my stand-up and my other podcasts. So. Oh, poor you. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're having too much fun to play I games. Know, right? Oh, what a loser. So Donatello, the way his attack works is he shoots. You can kind of see in the screenshot here. He he points his, his staff out, his bow out, straight in front of him. It's an then, overhead swing. It's not an overhead swing. He, he just shoots it right out from him. So it extends from his arm horizontally to its furthest length. And then he like sort of bends down and like sort of digs the bow into the ground, almost like he's rowing, like a rowing motion. Oh, right. I thought he only did that upwards. Because I remember you fight uh, Rocksteady or Bebop. Yeah. And you basically get under the floor and somehow it translates to him stabbing through the floor. Yeah, to you can, just to just kill Rocksteady with a thousand foot cuts. Yeah, you can step upwards or stand step downwards, stab downwards as if as well. So Michelangelo and Raphael they can't really stab upwards or downwards. They can, but they can have more front coverage. Raphael is like the worst character in this game because he has these little flighty, almost like a butterfly switchblade type type effect, like right in front of his hands. By the time someone's that close to you, they're going to hit you. So he's like the last case. If you've all the rest of your turtles are dead, he's he's the guy you called in basically. <laughs> he's the bench warmer. And Leonardo is pretty good all around. Um, he's probably the the most versatile. Yeah, but uh, I mean, they, they well that that's that makes sense with his character, like the mm. most disciplined, the more centered one. But Raphael and Donnie, they really got swapped out for uh, in in terms of power and damage output. You sure. think Donnie would be like? Well, I, I I don't think they'd have the capacity for it. But like, if they had games like. Which required you to swap out the turtles based on their personality. You know, like something strong needs to be knocked down. You call in Raph, and then if you have to, like, hack into a console or fix some uh, <laughs> mutagen, then you call in Donnie, and that would have been a uh, nice little turn, but I guess we're not going to get that game anytime soon. Right. Which takes us to the enemies. Uh, Giant Frog, <laughs> which if you've seen the old 80s cartoon, mm -hmm. you'll know that there are some giant frogs, but they're called the Punk Frogs. And, uh, like, you've, you've seen them before, like Genghis Khan, Napoleon Bonaparte. Like, the punk frogs are named after old generals. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So Genghis Khan is in this, but he doesn't get named. And then there's the Mecha Turtle, which is a metalhead, but he isn't named Metalhead. Because <laughs> well, he doesn't even look like him, that's why. It's just one of the other turtles, but they shaded it, like, gray. In the game, the first one does, because Metalhead does look like a gray turtle. So mm. that sprite in the game is very visually accurate. It's just sure. not named that. Uh, Chainsaw Maniac, not not a guy in any game at all, but I just love that his chainsaw is deadly. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a friggin' chainsaw. It's just like a shirtless dude wearing a hockey mask and, like, uh, tight red pants. <laughs> Ugh. The biggest travesty here... As, uh, Look at the foot soldier drawing. It's terrible. Yeah, foot soldier. He looks like an alien. He's a big purple alien, dude. And the artwork, you think, oh, well, it's just the game. The artwork's got to be better. No, the artwork, it's he's worse. a big red alien. <laughs> and he's got, like, he's got, like, turtle-like hands, like two big fingers and a thumb. And, uh, <laughs> like, all I got, all I have in my notes is foot soldier. The fuck? <laughs> Uh, it's not the only travesty to be done towards the turtle's enemies. Yep. We see some of the levels where you oh. fight uh, Rocksteady, 
and of course it tells you to like get behind him and use Donnie's bow stick. You think that yeah. they would just tell you to get, uh, you know, just get under him and stab him through the floor because Donnie's bow can poke through a brick and apparently <laughs> stab him in the feet to death. The uh, the biggest tragedy is uh, when you fight the the uh, other guy and it says, watch out for Bebop's machine gun. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Bebop, we hardly knew ye. Wow, that is pretty bad. Oh. And uh, we see entrance... Uh, we see uh, that's area one and area two, and then we get to area oh. three, which is the open world map. You missed Master's... out on area two. It's your favorite underwater level. <laughs> yeah, I, I skipped that for a reason. <laughs> it's a. Uh, uh, I don't know why everyone bitches. I don't know why everyone bitches about this that much. Honestly, once you've like memorized the layout, it's not that bad. Yeah, well, even the even the artwork. It's got like Michelangelo. It looks like he's like doing a drunk crawl. That's yeah, supposed to be him. He's swimming. doing the worm. <laughs> so the uh, Area 3 says the turtles return home to find Splinter's been kidnapped. The turtles have to equip their party wagon with missiles and blow up barricades that divide the city. The- you know, uh, uh, really, if you're, go- if you're going around blowing up barricades, that's a great way to attract attention. And you guys are ninjas. Remember that? <laughs> it kind of doesn't matter because the bad guys have like taken over everywhere, basically. There's no like good guys anywhere. And all the cops have left. They're just like, man, fucking ninjas. All we have is guns, Evacuate armor. the city. The Foot Clan is here. All we have is assault rifles, shotguns, helicopters. That's but right. They're, nin- they're ninjas. They got cloth uniforms and swords. I mean, like, come on. We're just cops. Well, they're just like, well, there's that chainsaw maniac hanging out there. Fuck that. You know? <laughs> One of these guys has a chainsaw. There's a giant frog and a chainsaw guy. I, I saw a rhino carrying a machine gun, so, you know, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. New, New York City, it, it can go to the hookers and the pimps. Yeah. Giuliani won't be here to clean up the streets for at least 10 years, so, you know, that this will be his problem. Area 3 was always probably the more difficult one for me to get through, just because you have to go to all these different buildings to try and find missiles. And they all look the same. They do. I mean, come on, can, can, you, can you come up with a color for your buildings besides blue? I mean, this is supposed to be New York City, you know, famed architecture, Manhattan. Right. You know, a, a skyline to be dreamed of. Can you at least come up with, like, five or six different buildings? You know, let me know, like, oh, yeah, there's a power-up around the Chrysler building. All right, show me the Chrysler building then. No, it's a bunch of tenements and shit. It's like downtown, it's like friggin' Moscow suburbs. Like, huh? nothing here says New York. So I had a bone to pick about this entrance A thing up here. Oh, so why don't you take a look at this map here? <laughs> And oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's, like, enemies all throughout this. You fall down, you go back up, right? So on the there's, like, three levels to this. The second level, you have to make your jump just right to get over this hole. And if you don't, if you press it... Yeah, the upper left gap? Upper right gap. I'm just talking about that one for now. Oh, getting off on the ledge. Yeah. If you try to get over, jump, make that jump, You if, if you hold down the jump button too hard, your turtle just sort of spins into a ball. And it's like impossible to control their jump at that point, and then most likely they're going to fall down. So, the t- so if you manage to do that though, and get up to the top left area, there is this tiny, tiny, tiny little gap, and there's no space to jump. So I pulled my hair out so many times over this <laughs> freaking <laughs> jump. You're know, trying to jump, and you like hit the ceiling and stop and fall directly down the whole the, this tiny hole, right? And eventually, I would just like. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to walk forward. And guess what? 
You could just walk right over the hole. And I was yeah, so saw, I remember pissed. seeing the nerd doing that. <laughs> He's just so like, pissed. fuck this. I'm just going to fall down the damn gap. I don't even care. Any dee, 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 you got the missiles. What? Uh? <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, right. What gets me is the artwork. Donatello's eating a a green pizza. Mm, uh, what, pesto, usually, maybe. Usually, Mikey is the one that uh, has the questionable diet. Well, they do they do live in the sewer, so who knows what's on there? Uh, anything for entrance B and C? Aside uh, from the fun animation of watching your turtle fall into the sewer and go, "This is my native habitat," yet I am not accustomed to it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, again, with the jumping, it's frustrating if you fall in the water because then uh, you get sucked right outside the building and it's a long way back. Uh, Next is entrance D to E. This building holds the most powerful weapon a turtle can use, the scroll. I'm pretty sure hitting someone with a dried-up rolled parchment isn't going to be as effective as a bladed metal (laughs) weapon, but you know, what the hell. So uh, it shows artwork of Mikey... I expected him to be throwing like a scroll, but instead he's using uh, Sailor Moon's Moon Tiara magic instead. Yeah, it's like a blade of wind or something. I don't know. I I still think he's attacking them with the power of Moon Love magic. Uh, It says the next... Yeah, well, there's other coverage of uh, your captured comrade can be regained in this building. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if you led with your best turtles, but you weren't competent enough to keep them, this is where you have to send Raph if you can survive long enough. Pretty much. If you can make it through without dying. And I like this uh, Donatello quote. It is a good idea to power up all four turtles and have over 40 scrolls before braving the sewers. Now, what does power up mean? Uh, Get health, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> so you're not really powering them up. You're just like unhurting them. Yeah, making sure they're not dead. So I guess you don't. I guess you're. Uh, you're. You don't keep your health with each new mission. Any any venture to go and get pizza, by the way, you're gonna lose more than you get. It's so few and far between, and more. It's so difficult to get. It's just a waste of time. Uh, I know. It's like this game. Just like that. You know, you could make this game a little easier if you're gonna keep the pizza, the pizza so sparse. Keep it after a whole wave of enemies so I can recover, like right. reward me for for surviving. And how about when I enter in a new level, you just you just top me up, right? Just so just so I can make it past the gauntlet of pain. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, well Leo has to face off against Metalhead. Then the next set next page says the battle continues. Even though you finish the first three areas, Shredder and his evil Foot Clan aren't beaten yet. And yeah, you get to fight like a freaking helicopter apparently. Like it says, will all the the turtles work together and defeat the maniacal Shredder, or will the criminal genius triumph once again? Yeah, so next issue, beat Shredder or peace will be lost. You know what? Thanks, Splinter. He's he's a ninja clan. Just, like, call up the army and stay home. Just swat his ass. Like, prank call him and have the police go show up. But, uh... Right. Yep, so more coverage later. Next up, we've got the Nintendo Power Awards from 1988. So this tallied everyone's votes from the previous issue and hands out awards. These are also called the Nesters, or Nestor Awards. So best graphics and sound, we have Castlevania II, Simon's Quest. It's detailed foreboding backgrounds, such as the mansions and graveyards and eerie music combined to create a sense of mystery during the day and the haunting suspense and danger of the night. And for best challenge, we've got The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, well, no shit. Like, those friggin', uh... <laughs> yeah, that game was... That, that game was brutal. I would have put Zelda 2 up above that, or or Simon's Quest about that. I guess it just didn't have... I guess it just wasn't around long enough to receive a public 
condemnation for its difficulty. Apparently. Best theme, fun. Super Mario Brothers 2. You know what? I got to go with this. Like, it's a... You know, it's a it's a it's a simple game, but you know what? Some of the fun is best found in the simplicity. Sure, you get to throw eggs at a transvestite dinosaur, and uh... <laughs> it's a transvestite, or transgender dinosaur. Transgender, we decided, right? Well, he's a yeah, I guess transgendered. Like he thinks he's a girl. Like he's a he's somehow spending. He's somehow developed creating eggs despite being a male. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely he's got like half the operation, half the surgeries are done. Best play controls and again, Super Mario Brothers. Oh yeah, 2. you got the princess that can float, and uh, yeah, it's got it's got good. Like you don't really, like you don't often feel like the controller is your enemy. Best mm-hmm. character, Zelda to the Adventure of Link. Link is yeah, it's like it's fun. It's got like the jumping of Mario, but like what if Mario could stab someone in the skull when he lands? <laughs> so you know, Link is a he's a badass character. I can see why he got this. Mm-hmm. Best ending, Super Mario Brothers 2. It was all a dream. I used to read Ward Up Magazine, a chubby plumber on the scene. Wow. Well, that's how it ended. Like, it was all a dream, so. You know why they, no one voted for best ending for Zelda 2 or Castlevania 2, right? she doesn't put out? Because no one could beat the damn games. I don't know what the ending is. No one could see them. <laughs> yeah. Best player versus player. Oh, yeah. Blades of Steel. Yeah. Not Blades of Steel, <laughs> by the way. That's oh well, man, like that, that, this is why you gotta check your candy after Halloween. <laughs> That's so, right. overall, the prestigious best overall game, Zelda to the Adventure of Link. Rich in story, theme, art, sound, gameplay, and composition, this epic quest has become a video game legend. You know what, I gotta give it to them. It's a it's a pretty all around damn good game. It's epic. That's for sure. It is. Uh, next, the continued adventures of Bayou Billy. I uh, it's coverage of the game. You know, kicking, gun, knife, shooting, driving. I didn't see much gold here in this. Uh, yeah, I like to. I like. I got some stuff in here. I like the description of some of the items, so that you can that you can that appear on the screen. There's a bulletproof vest, for example. Against a gun, it's staying alive. Insurance. I see another another page. They still describe the bulletproof vest. Helps to keep you safe when enemies are firing at you. Duh. Yeah, no shit. I mean, we're not ma- we're not Master Higgins here, okay? We're com- we 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 get what bulletproof means. It's not proving bullets exist. And then I don't understand some of these moves here. So one's called the gun knife. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that just a knife slash gun combination? <laughs> you you pull out a knife or a gun. Either you stab him or shoot him, and it's it's all completely random. There's no real description for that, and there's also another move called the whip stick. <laughs> I thought they called the that a switch. St- Boy, go get my switch for me. No, by you, Billy. No, you better cut your you better cut your own switch, and if it's not the right <laughs> size, you're going back to do it again. That's right. While I beat you with the other one. Anything else? Take a look at the screenshot here, where where Annabelle is being taken away. It's this this large man wearing a, a fedora, and he's got a, a mustache on him and a c- cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and he's got a <laughs> uh, like, bolo tie. He, he looks like Bullock from uh, Gotham. He does. You're right. Yeah, so it looks like before he met James Gordon and got on the right path, he had a he had a bit of a checkered past. And then he moved forward to the page where it talks about Bourbon Street, the Bourbon Street levels. 
it shows you some screenshots of uh, it says this now is a lens. scene you don't want to see. It's a game over screen. Better luck next time. And it looks like Bayou Billy is standing in the uh, fountains of the Bellagio in uh, <laughs> Las Vegas, and like there's just water shooting around him, and his hat is flying off. It's like he's doing a Michael Jackson video or something. Yeah. So that's all I had for uh, Bayou Billy. And next up, we have uh, Cobra Triangle continued. And I actually had a chance to play this this last week. Ooh, good. And uh, I was a little disappointed to find out it wasn't two players. Uh, I thought it was like a... I, I kind of figured it was more... When I talked about it being like RC Pro-Am, I thought it was more like a racing game where you had like multiple people playing or playing against like bots and stuff like that. Um, there are racing ga- uh, scenes to it. But it's more like each level is a different theme. So, like first level, it might be like racing against uh, a couple other power boats, sea boats. Uh, next level might be you have to reach this point by a certain time, and there's all these obstacles in the way. And then there's some odd ones. Like uh, if you look at the, I think the fourth page here it says dispose of mines. And this was interesting because you basically have to take uh it's sort of like playing a uh, a game where you had to take a ball from one side of the field to the other but they're mines which is kind of weird so you drive over the mines on one side it sort of hangs onto the back of your boat and your your goal is to make it to the other side of this like field of water basically into this little pod area where it disposes of the mines um and there's always like enemy uh boats coming after you to try and they'll take your mine away from you and steal it, so you have to like get out of the way. It's so what's mine? So what's mine is theirs. Yeah. It's hey, nice. wordplay. Hey. So that was interesting. And then like randomly after that, there's a level where you had to beat a giant like serpent in the sea, <laughs> like a I don't, like a dragon. It's like Dragon Ball Z dragon kind of thing. I, I think I think it's like North American. So you'll be fighting Ogopogo, not Nessie. Oh, okay. So. Uh, that's where I that's or, where I die. Or, or, or someone has summoned Shenron, and instead of granting immortality, they just decided take out this annoying asshole who keeps running his speedboat <laughs> along my cottage. So I mean, the game was uh, it wasn't bad, but uh, I found it to be a little limited, and then it wasn't multiplayer, and it didn't have like uh, a whole lot of use for the guns in the front of the boat. To be honest, most of the most of the game modes didn't require me shooting anything. After that is Life Force. This game looks great. I gotta try this i mean i'm looking at the uh, the prominent stage where you're dodging these fireballs fire curls solar flares uh the second stage looks like you're inside someone because you're going through a rib cage possibly intestines what's that movie with uh martin short inner space i i heard of the movie inner space i'm more familiar with the fantastic voyage oh, from the 60s well you need to go see inner space with martin short it's pretty hilarious uh, well, the Fantastic Voyage was like the boring, serious version of being in the body where the submarine gets attacked by antibodies and... Uh, yeah, super lame. Yeah, you want that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to fly a ship around and then you go through space and you fight Space Tutankhamen, you fight uh, the Red Skull, and it's all just like, you know, side-scro- uh, side-scrolling stuff. So, yep, side-scrolling shooter with the with a jet in space. Yep, we've got like a nice tiny squinty little map coverage of each uh of each level mm-hmm. get your magnifying glass out <laughs> yeah and uh which takes us to our next game 
or the preview of our next game, Mega Man 2. This poster is pretty sweet. We've got Wily Skull Castle in the background. His pull cord starting helipod things circling as centuries. The Guts Dozer looking menacing as hell. And the robot bosses, Bubble Man, Crash Man, Heat Man, uh, Free, uh, Freeze Man, Quick Man, Metal, Fa- Metal Man, Wood Man, and Air Man. Yep. And leading them all is Dr. Wily, who can afford a castle, but not decent shoe repair. <laughs> That's great. He's, he's literally, his foot is sticking out from the bottom of his, of his shoe because his flap, his uh, leather on the bottom of his shoe has come off of the, the stitching that's broken free from the top of his shoe. How am I supposed to be intimidated by this man's evil genius? Well, it's clear he's not a genius. It's obvious that he must have stolen all these robots. Well, he did steal all these <laughs> robots from Dr. Light. Right. So he didn't make his own robots except for the Gutstozer, which is pretty sweet on his own. Right. But, you know, if he, can make, if he can make this castle, why can't he just, like, get some thread and fix his damn shoe? Yeah, you would think that would be a priority, I guess. But I guess not. If you're, if you're evil, Dr. Wiley, I guess you, you, your priorities are different. Yeah, it's just like, uh, I'm in mostly in a climate-controlled environment, so I don't really have to worry about sheltering my feet. <laughs> I like the art and the preview page in the next one. There's actually a, a little Nintendo in his lab, apparently. His lab coat says Dr. W in huge letters on, the, on his back of his lab coat. And he's standing on a crate that, again, has his logo of W emblazoned on the side of it. And it's labeled very clearly with carrot bombs. And uh, his supercomputer is using reel-to-reel. <laughs> yeah, real, that's right, reel-to-reel. And these guys' keyboard is like all these like different buttons that are just colors, like you'd see on like an old Star Trek show or something from the 60s. Yeah, the Star Trek cartoon, because at least on the, uh, the live-action series, they had like more decent-looking panels. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he's blazing it up or huffing fumes or something, because as you can see on the... Uh, Upper left corner of his room, there's a turned over bottle with a, a skull on it, mm-hmm. and vapors are just coming out of it. And he's and he's looking at his uh, his bosses mm-hmm. that he's made that he's stolen, and he's just giggling like a little uh, like a little stoner kid. So I, I just like to know what's in that vapor because <laughs> it's it's it, he he's riding it. Oh, he's also got some kind of either VHS or Betamax uh, player as well, which appears. So one of them is either taping the Nintendo Entertainment System activity or playing it back, and there's two monitors, one showing the game and one showing the game. Yeah, one showing him flying around in his sweet little one-person uh, passenger drone that uh, <laughs> we're, g- we're going to be talking about in the uh, Geek Fallout Technobabble podcast because that was revealed at the Consumer Entertainment Expo this year, a one-person drone that will carry you around for like 20 minutes on a single charge. Oh, nice. So Wiley's got his own version of that. So, Very you know, cool. pioneer, pioneer of the future. And uh, the, coolest, the, the coolest of the first bosses of his castle, the uh, Mecha Dragon, which uh, if you remember playing that game, it, like when you're going along these little, uh, you hit this dark room with just these little uh, uh, stones to jump across. And then as you're jumping, then this thing appears behind you and starts chasing you. And that is, and you can't even hurt it yet because only when you, only when it corners you, then it develops a health bar for you to drop down. So, uh, 
you know, the Mecha Dragon was a nice introduction to Wily's castle to let you know mm. that, like, you know, the, this isn't like a regular robot boss stage. It's only just beginning. Right. And, you know, you got your work cut out for you. But we'll talk about that more when, uh, when this game actually covers Mega Man, because this is yeah. just a preview. Yeah, this is next issue. We talk about it for real. Yeah, we get to see uh, little snap previews of uh, Quick Lo- of Quick Man, Bubble Man, Flash Man, Metal Man. And uh, the the last page has... Mega Man, who's uh, he's been uh, he's been enjoying the good life since the first Mega Man game because he is fat and <laughs> he, he he's a ch- he's a chunky robot. I don't know how robots can put on weight, but he did, and uh, he's clearly he's like Mister Incredible coming out of retirement, and he's just like, hey dog, I heard what you're up to, and I decided to pay you and your goons a little visit. See you soon. Oh. On the previous page, there's this art that you have to see. So it's Dr. Whaley, and he's holding like a tube of some sort, which is attached to a hose, which is attached to what appears to be an air tank. And he's got (laughs) red eyes, and he's going, no one can laugh at me now. (laughs) Because <laughs> you're the one doing all the laughing because you're huffing laughing gas. What the hell is, he That's using? Not... is he using laughing gas, you think? Yeah, the tanks are full of nitrous as far as I'm concerned. Nice. I mean, like he's I mean, he's clearly a stoner. We've seen him in his previous lab huffing those toxic chemicals. Like, <laughs> the, the, this guy's just stoned off his fucking ass. Like, he's just, Apparently. He, he's just, he's just wasted. Yeah. I mean, it, it explains a lot of his creations. Mm-hmm. Like, he's too, he was just too lazy to create half of them. He just stole them. <laughs> <laughs> pro- pro- probably so he could fence them for more uh, for cocaine or whatever. Lovely, but he's just decided to use them for now. Uh, then we see it's rating in the power meter all five or four and a half to five yep. for uh, all the um, all the levels. And I gotta say, this deserves uh, the highest of ratings. It is a oh fantastic, a classic example of what the Ness is capable of. It's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tops. Next is Faxanadu. Uh, basically, uh, I would say it's like Final Fantasy, except when you look at the screenshots, it's clearly not. It looks like Simon's Quest, like a side-scrolling medieval uh, demons and stuff. Uh, what gets me is uh, uh, it shows like all the armors and shields you'll use. Mm-hmm. Uh, what gets me is the spells. Deluge looks like fire. The fire spell looks like lightning. Thunder looks like golden crabgrass. Death. Why would thunder be anything? The, it's a sound. Yeah, lightning looks like lightning, and when, it would look like a bolt. This looks like a this looks like a skinny pot leaf. Uh, <laughs> death, death looks like a pinwheel, and tilt. What the hell is tilt? You're gonna make your enemies lean? Like, and it doesn't even look like a slot machine. So I don't know where the hell the etymology of this like game a, comes from. Two really shitty boomerangs. <laughs> I, I I gotta talk about the the people the NPCs the non uh, player controlled characters over here on the left though these like are amazing let's talk about the food shop guy sells delicious <laughs> meat try some and this guy just looks like a country bumpkin wearing no shirt and blue overalls <laughs> with a big old puffy cheeks and probably got some chaw in his cheek oh yeah he's definitely yeah he looks like he's chewing something. And he's hey, just, how you yeah, doing, our partner? So, uh, what's on the special today? I don't know, but it put up one hell of a fight. I got some delicious meat. And then you have uh, the doctor. <laughs> not quite sure what. 
not quite sure what it is, but ketchup will make it right. <laughs> Lovely. Just keep putting ketchup on it till it comes out good. Try some of this sweet tea. <laughs> and then we have uh, the, the doctor. It says, the friendly doctor heals your wounds. And literally the doctor has no neck. He's just <laughs> yeah, a head, not a pair of shoulders. It looks like he's shrugging, which would be his default expression in medieval times. Like, you know, you know, my joints are my joints are swollen. I don't know. You know, why does one of my knees hurt? I don't know. It almost looks like the human version of a of a turtle. His head's just sort of poking out <laughs> from his head. The key, the key shop guy. He looks like a a disinterested stoner. Mm-hmm. Or or again. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a ciggy just hang up his lip. Or another guy with Down syndrome. He, yeah, he, I mean, you, you, you just look at the, he's got that glazed look on his face. Like, he doesn't quite know where he is. He definitely looks like <laughs> the janitors of my high school, for sure. <laughs> and he's got a, a cigarette just hanging off his lip, probably talks with it, just, just hanging off of there, you know? And the uh, the swordsman, he looks like he's constantly furious. He, he's like, Ugh! Uh, what you want? You come into my dojo. You want to learn how to swing a sword, boy? He, he looks. I'll make a man out of you. He looks like he's been hit in the head too many times. His <laughs> eyes are kind of like one is looking in one direction, and one's looking like he has a lazy eye. <laughs> I've been in so many fights they won't even let me go to war anymore. Probably mercy for the enemy. And then uh, no, that's uh, no, that's not it. <laughs> the magician looks kind of reminds me of like Tommy Chong a bit, but like a Jesus, like a Jesus version of Tommy Chong with like white hair. Hey man, I'll teach you magic, man. Forget, forget killing the dragon, man. Let me show you how to chase it. Now take this, and I'll, uh, I'll show you a whole new world, man. Now, 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 uh, now take a puff out of this magic. Uh, I mean, uh, decanter. Yeah, uh, try my decanter. That's right. And then we have uh, the guru who fancies a uh, looks like a mullet uh, with a bowl cut in the front. So bowl cut in the front, party in the back. And he's got crossed <laughs> eyes. It says, in addition to bestowing tiles, the gurus also offer mantras. Mantras are useful to you in continuing your quest. Really? Thanks for telling me what a mantra is. And then we've got the tool shoppy. And, it, <laughs> and it's just like, it's like a... <laughs> he just looks so sad. He looks so sad. He just looks so depressed. It's this older gentleman that's bald and has a big old beard and is just droopy mouth, droopy eyes, and his eyebrows are like... Meh. Cry. Almost nobody like want <laughs> nobody wants to use tools in a world where you can just use magic to fix everything. <laughs> like <Jimmy laughs> dog. And then the king, uh, who's the last person here, he looks like he's dead. To be honest with you, he just looks like a corpse. <laughs> it's, it's like those old Victorian uh, photos. Uh, hero, yeah, like, uh, you're going on your quest. Oh, dead. Yeah, it's like those old uh, Victorian memento mori photos where they just take a picture of the recently deceased while sitting or standing with their family. <laughs> Are you familiar with those Victorian photos? Yeah, I've heard of that. That's so creepy. Yeah. Memento mori. They just take a photo with the dead person just sitting there or like hands crossed, yeah, sitting with up. the family. It's like it's a, it's like weekend at King Arthur's with this guy. With this weekend guy. at King Arthur's. Nice. And then the last thing. Oh I, yeah, uh, I bestow on you the uh, the knighthood of uh, being awesome. Now, can you get out of here? There's uh, flies coming. Thanks, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Are we done with this game? No, please? I got one last thing. So they've got okay. they've got art of something of different weapons, and one of them's called the Dragon Slayer, which just has it's a regular sword, but it has a tiny <laughs> dragon head 
where the hilt is and the tiny dragon wing on the other side. And then they have this thing that I can't explain, which is called the, the giant, giant blade. blade. Oh my god, it's a sword fork. Imagine if your penis had three heads to it. <laughs> That's what this thing looks like. It's what like... do you mean imagine? <laughs> <laughs> the, the hand dagger here, someone basically took the end of a meat cleaver, put it on a hilt, <laughs> and it's just like, hey, it's, a, it's a dagger. I'm pretty sure a dagger is skinnier than this. It's a fucking dagger. Yeah. This is... now, get out and, now get out and chop rabbits with it until you're suddenly, until uh, you can kill them in less hits, <laughs> and then you'll probably make enough to buy this uh, long sword with an arrow with an arrowhead on it. Nice. All right, that's that's all, all I had. All on. these weapons are all these weapons are retarded. All right, that's all I had on the oh old poor Texanadu. Uh, next is the Adams family. Better than them. Better than. Yeah. Just to show you what you're in for, it's got sheet music. So, like, not even messing with the game. They're just like, hey, remember the Adams Family? In case you don't, they're creepy and they're kooky. It's got, like, sheet music yep. with notes and everything. Oh, and a, and a uh, picture of Uncle Fester from the TV show and a full-on, here's the title of the TV show as well. Yeah. And, uh, yep, the Uncle Fester played by Jackie Coogan. Now, the game is pretty, not much to say, but I will honor Mr. Coogan because he was more than just Uncle Fester. Check this. If you ever saw the movie The Kid with Charlie Chaplin, which you probably haven't, nope. but uh, I, I haven't either, but at least I'm aware of the movie The Kid. It was It's what uh, really put Charlie Chaplin on the map in uh, silent films. Uh, the Kid was him, Jackie Coogan. Oh, okay. And uh, the year later, he played the lead in Oliver Twist. Now, child actors owe this kid. Because as a child star, he earned an estimated three to four million dollars. Hmm. That's fifty to seventy million in these dollars today. But the entire amount was spent by his mother and stepfather on fur coats, diamonds, <laughs> other jewelry, and expensive cars. That sounds about right. These par- these were the worst fucking parents in the world. His mother, st- his mother and stepfather, claimed that Jackie enjoyed himself and simply thought that he was playing before the camera. She insisted that no promises were ever made to give Jackie anything, as if you have to promise to give someone something for their work, mm-hmm. and claimed that he was a bad boy. Awesome. Uh, he sued them in 1938, but after his legal expenses, he received just 126000 or $2.1 million today, mm. of the 250000 remaining. Wow. So they spent... They spent... Three to four million dollars had a quarter million left, and he only got half of that. Wow! He couldn't even get he couldn't even get all of what was left after they fucked him. <laughs> and it says when he fell on hard times and asked for Charlie Chaplin for assistance, Charlie Chaplin gave him a thousand dollars without hesitating. Hmm. Now, because of this, the legal battle focused attention on child actors, and in 1939, the enactment of the California Child Actors Bill, often referred to as the Coogan Act or the Coogan Law was signed. It requires that a child actor's employer set aside 15% of the earnings in a trust called a Coogan account and <laughs> specified the actor's and specified the actor's schooling, work hours, and time off. <laughs> but you know, things went uh, pretty well for him because b- before he got to be Uncle Fester, he got to marry and by extension, screw Betty Grable. Who? Yeah. 
Okay, just look up Betty Grable on Wikipedia. <laughs> I'll look it up later. She, yeah, she is fine. Okay, like you, like one of Hollywood's leading starlets. She is a smoking hot piece. He got at her in the thirties. Right, Fester, and uh, like then the uh, yeah Uncle Fester Mester. So he uh, like divorced her and married his uh, wife that he uh, stuck around with. And uh, the best part is, is he died in 1984 before seeing this awful game. <laughs> That's why they made it. In honor of you, Uncle Fester. Yeah, now, it shows, uh, it shows a bunch of these aliens in the game. And uh, the, the, they look like they belong in the Adams family, not as enemies. And uh, it says, defeat the aliens with Fester's ever-changing gun. Uh, did you ever watch the Adams Family and see Uncle Fester's magic gun? Oh, every time. Yeah. I mean, like, he'd stick a light bulb in his mouth and then just whip out a gun out of his robe and, like, uh, flowers or, you know, he'd shoot out blue or he'd shoot out red. And, oh, you know, for, yeah. a black and white, for a black and white series, that was pretty friggin', uh, that was trippy. Yeah, it was brutal when he brought uh, the whip, too. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can find family support... It says Pugsley gives you TNT. Yeah, only in the Adams family would they trust a child with TNT, but you know, whatever. And you can uh, walk around, and uh, you have in-house 3D like Gogol 13. Oh boy! So I bet, I, I bet that really uh, that that really incentivizes you. Oh yeah, you have my attention at Gogol 13. And uh, the next game, uh, Clash at Demon Head. Uh, this sounds like a rock concert rather than a game. All right, I got. We got to talk about the story. This 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 grabbed me. Oh, uh, the yeah. screenshot. No, I got to talk. I, I, let me so, talk about the story, then we'll talk about the screenshot here. Okay. In 1990X, uh, the world ran uh. into trouble when a bunch of no goods called the Lawbreakers kidnapped a scientist capable of building a bomb big enough to make nobody a winner. Someone's got to start. Got to try to stop them. But are the Tigers really ready? Bang is their best agent, and if you could pull him off the beach, you may just be able to find your way through these twisting madhouse pathways in the quest of the secrets and demon head. Ugh. And uh, the, uh, the screenshot shows a girl sunbathing and this guy uh, beside her. And I don't know who's saying what, but it just says, Bang, it's... Transmission from headquarters. My numbers come up again. <laughs> so, who the fuck is saying this? I don't know. If his message is saying, bang, you have a transmission from headquarters, why would they be saying, my numbers come up again? And if he's reading it, is he saying his own name? <laughs> like Yoshi from Super Mario World? This looks like poorly no, translated. Yoshi! <laughs> and then look at the screen, how the screenshot does not match the art at all. You get to very uh, clearly no. tell from the screenshots this is based on like an anime or a manga and has two Japanese kids with black hair. And you look at the artwork, it's two white people with blonde hair. Power punk Princess Peach with uh, her brother. Like this clearly looks like two siblings rather than... Uh, right. I guess like this is what Peach. This is when Peach needed to be rescued before she uh, took over the monarchy at the Mushroom Kingdom. Like when she was a runaway princess, right? So that's all I can really say about that. Do you? Uh, you got. Uh, I enjoyed the uh, mini bosses here. I'm looking at these. Uh, knock out an enemy to gain an item. Heart replaces one block of life. 
Okay, so hearts revive my energy. Then you get apple. Well, well, hearts retain my energy, so what does food do? Oh, you'll gain one apple. <laughs> no fucking shit. <laughs> apple, you'll gain an apple. Money, great for buying things. <laughs> Gold, hey, this is worth a lot. Thanks a lot. I mean, ugh. Yeah. Well, um, ugh. Uh, the enemies. Oh, we got to talk about these guys. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at shark, which is like a fish in a wig with fish hands. <laughs> and it says, where do you stand? This minnow-minded monster uses a time machine to warp around the room. Is any place safe? And I'm just thinking, if you have a time machine, why isn't this your boss? Why hasn't she just gone back in time when you were a kid and like killed you while you were taking a dump or something? I mean, like this. If this thing bounces around the screen, it doesn't have a time machine. It's a teleporter. This There's thing needs to be difference. burned with fire. <laughs> it's a Ugh. travesty. They have to these two characters on on motorcycles or something. They have one called uh, Giaz, the motorcycle yes. monster. When his horn is fired, or he'll go berserk. Use some quick dodging, or you'll get flamed out. And he's flipping you off. He totally is. He's like riding. He's like this dinosaur dude. Riding a motorcycle, just flipping He's the bird. He's a bad dude with an attitude. And then right below him is something called Bopper. The Big Bopper. This he's guy. Clearly named after, <laughs> yeah, he's clearly named after the Big Bopper. Uh, mm-hmm. A 50s greaser. Yep. On some kind of <laughs> hovercraft type thing. This guy moves around like Gaz, but don't look for him to fire. Watch his bike. Better look out for a fire extinguisher. If he's not using fire, why do you need a fire extinguisher? <laughs> I don't know. God damn it. And uh, then uh, another one says, if you find and rescue the hermit, he'll teach you to use the force. So now we're Jedis. Okay, that's that's it. We're just using the force. We are like dirt bike Jedis. <laughs> or what, what, what the fuck? I mean, and it says like, it finally explains like uh, the number of hermit apples determines which of the five forces you can use. So yeah, the force is something that money can't buy. But if you uh, if you use the same currency as you use on a substitute teacher, you can learn how to wield these amazing forces. Nice. We'll take a look at the screenshot of the shop. There, it clearly is run by uh, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and even call the thing Super Show. Oh my! That looks like a dig of the Nintendo. It looks like. Oh man. Uh, Dragon Warrior. Aw, shit. I'm looking at the, uh, artwork for here. It's, like, epically drawn in, like, comic style. Uh, it talks about, like, how RPGs are, uh... They're doing a lot of work to try and set up what the hell an RPG is, I think, to people. Where are the screenshots is my question. There's no screenshots in this preview whatsoever. Absolutely none. As a preview goes, this is quite misleading. Because it says, One man, one brave man sets out alone to combat the dragon. And apparently it's uh, Lemmy from Motorhead. And he's got a uh, sword and a shield and and there's a dragon in something. And then he grows old and dies. And then Prince Adam comes along on his horse and... Finds the uh, castle and uh, a new hero arrives. Experience the birth of a new era in role-playing adventures. And uh, it really goes out of its way to tell you that, like, oh, no, no, these games are different. Like, they're tactical and uh, they're they're Mm -hmm. big in Japan. By devoting a larger percentage of game pack memory to game depth, gameplay has evolved to a much more complex and rewarding adventure. 
it's really going out of their way to tell you like, uh, no, it's good. Try it. Right. Like they really got, they really got to warm you up for it. But, uh, you know, considering all the shitty games that existed beforehand, I can kind of see why they're letting you know, like just letting you know, this is different. Right. Like it's more tactical based. Although I really hated the fact that you have to tell it, go down the stairs. <laughs> you know what? I'm at this. I'm at the stairs. You've only got a limited amount of buttons on this. Right. Where's the simplicity? I'm at. Let me press the button on the stairs. I got the stairs. Let me press the button at the chest. Open the chest. Let me press the button at the door. Open the door. You know what? How about I walk up to it and you know what I'm gonna do? Just freaking let me do it. Right. Ugh. Uh, next is Howard and Nestor. Uh, this guy, for some reason, is hiring Nestor as a consultant for Ninja Gaiden the movie. And he's letting everyone know that he's an expert at everything. And they give a name to the director, Umberto Ria. I don't know if this guy was based on a, uh, like if there was an actual uh, artist in the uh, Ninja Gaiden game. Hmm. But uh, he's talking about, uh, come, you showed Umberto. Where is the up one? Uh, in the video game lingo, we call it a one-up, sir. And he's letting Nestor plan out all the uh, the one-ups, because apparently, yes, because, I mean, like, even the Super Mario movie didn't have a one-up in the movie. <laughs> but you know what? They did in Scott Pilgrim. And uh, it uh, was used to nice effect. At least I think so. But uh, I missed out on that movie. I should go back and watch it. Yeah. Then we see uh, the ninja... The Ryu Yubasa is a ninja, and uh, I think we know who this guy is because he's, he's, he's got a bow tie. Yep. And uh, Ness is just like, don't they know ninjas never wear bow ties? Oh, Nestor, if you notice the bow tie, you should know who's coming up. So he passes the mark where Nestor was supposed to have placed the one up, and he actually goes to the place where the real one up is and catches it. And uh, the director throws Nestor off the set. And then he asks Mr. Hayabasa, Tell Umberto, how much do you know about the Up Ones? And then the mask comes off, and yep, it's Howard. And he's like, Up what? Next is Counselor's Corner. And I didn't have a whole lot to say about any of the tips they gave here, but I wanted to go over the, of course, Gameplay <laughs> Counselor Profiles. I'm looking at Tom McConville, who I first thought I first mistook for present day Jay Leno. <laughs> he does look a bit like Jay Leno a little bit. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm guessing, like, again, someone in the one of the counselors looks like a dad. Right. So I figured that uh, after they exiled he the dads, like, they kept. Um, the dad from the Wonder Years. Yeah, after they exiled the, the dads from the counselor's corner, I think they kept him around as an ambassador. Either as a goodwill ambassador, or they kept him around as a uh, as a as a pet slash example. Right, and he's got like these really uh, thick eyebrows, but it looks like he had to trim to get the uh, unibrow out of there, and trimmed a little too much, and there's sort of like th like two thirds of an eyebrow for one eye. It's kind of odd looking. <laughs> uh, apparently, he traded in eyebrow depth for lips. <laughs> And uh, next, uh, beside him is Greg Lauder, who uh, is unremarkable in appearance, except for looking a bit like a cooler version of me. <laughs> and he wore his, he's wore his good t-shirt to, to work that day for the photo opportunity. Yeah. And his favorite NES game is Mega Man 2. The game hasn't even been officially released yet. 
it's coming. It's not out yet, and it's already his favorite game. So mm-hmm. he's he's gloating, he's gloating that he's clearly holding out on us. Right. That smug, that smug prick. <laughs> uh, then you got Steve White with a pedo stash, <laughs> and Shannon Taylor who looks like someone's mom. I don't know, girl. Yeah, like, yeah. The moms are, uh, yeah, the moms are. Uh, She's got taking those, a peek uh, in there, like eighties bangs, like the feathered bangs that come down the the front of her head. Uh, which brings us to Friends by Robbie H. Lawton, Fiction Writer Showcase. I couldn't bother reading the story, but uh, apparently you noticed you were at, you found out who Robbie H. Lawton is. Yeah, because the, the the only Robbie H. Lawton I found was a British guy in uh, a British doctor who got uh, kicked out for rape. Lovely. So. And uh, he, he's 36 years old, but it's not him. No. You found out who it was. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie H. Lawton uh, is, uh, unfortunately has passed away at the age of around 54. Uh, it was a she, actually. Uh, it was a woman. And in the story, she talks about it's basically taken from a mom's perspective, and she's talking to her son, Jason, who is her real-life son. So that's kind of what happened to her. So on to the top 30, um, we've got uh, the top five is number one, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Number two, Super Mario Brothers 2. Number three, The Legend of Zelda, the first one, holding strong, apparently. Number four, Contra, awesome game. And number five, a surprise to me, Track and Field 2. Yeah, and uh, I think next uh, is Professor Nestor's Father Day Lecture. I tr- I tried reading this, but oh, it's just yes, basically it's you know, tell your dad what uh, what games to get, and it's the games that we've already talked our our, our asses about off about. Uh, I like some of the artwork though, like uh, a father who gets a mm-hmm. tie with a dinosaur, and he's just looking at it like just like he's diffusing a bomb, like sweat is dripping down his head. He's and then there's another one that shows like a dad in his natural habitat, and it's a guy smoking a cigar uh, pipe in his recliner. Mm-hmm. So it's like presents a dad wants. Ties, low. Tools, little better. Aftershave, higher. Almost equal, soap on a rope. And then fun. <laughs> like, uh, ah. nice. And then it's just basically pimping out all these other uh, things. And one of the games they recommend for like dads like parties and fun, so get, surprise him with anticipation. And it, and it shows them like <laughs> trying, like connect the dots to make like a, a shield. I like the, yeah, I want to read out the facts if you don't mind. Fact one, dads secretly want to be professional <laughs> athletes. And then it tries to sell you on, like, you know, any kind of sports game. Fact two, dads secretly think that they are smarter than their kids. <laughs> if your dad's not a retarded jailbait, he probably is smarter than you. Well, at least knows more. They have, uh, they recommend Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune for that one. Fact three, dads secretly believe that they are party <laughs> animals. Conclusion, send them to the New Orleans Mardi Gras or surprise them with Anticipation, the ultimate party game from Nintendo. How is that a party animal game? Literally, it's a terrible drawing game Uh, on Nintendo. Fact number four, dads are couch crusaders who want to be heroes and have adventures. So surprise them with Legend of Zelda, Metroid, Goonies 2, or GoGo 13. Fact five, dads love solving problems. Ever notice how they tinker endlessly with the car? <laughs> wow, that's not a stereotype. Oh 
Conclusion, get up a new Porsche, or if you want to, to give him real problems to solve, try yeah, Othello. Yeah, it's like some weird uh, Chinese checkers backgammon go. All I know about Othello is that he's a black guy in a Shakespeare play. <laughs> there's that, and then there's, yeah, it's kind of like uh, checkers, like a black and white version of checkers kind of number, thing. Fact number six, dads seem to be fascinated by games in which they must knock, knock little balls into holes. It, it's not the balls, it's what, above, it's what above it that they want to get into holes. And it takes us to classified information. Um, I don't seem to have much here for the Blaster Master, although you... you. Oh, I wanted to mention the Blaster Master here, because we talked about this before, and I was curious to know if they were going to do it, uh, or if it's just a trick that uh, everyone kind of knew. And they totally do. It's... it's uh, let me read it off here. Uh, with correct timing... It's called the extended grenade in this. Hand grenades in this game have the unusual feature of remaining active in the pause mode. With the correct timing, you'll be able to use this to your advantage. While confronting the enemy, throw a grenade and press the start button to freeze the action at precisely the same time that a hit hits a bridge on the enemy. Even though the characters will not be moving, the grenade should still be flashing. This means that it is still taking hit points, even the rest of the action on the, on the screen has stopped. So that's how you beat pretty much every boss. So it shows uh, the demonstration of you vaporizing the vagina plant. <laughs> the, yeah, pretty much. And then you get a frog and another v- vagina plant and then another frog. And then uh, 1943, the super shot. Here's something our agents in the air have found that will make your shots more powerful. Press and hold the B button until a whistle sound... Then let go of the B button for an extra strong shot. This works particularly well when facing large ships and aircraft carriers. You should be able to take out a line of turrets in one shot. So next time I play 1943, I'll have to remember I can power up my shots. Uh, Next is the video shorts. And we get to see Bugs Bunny's crazy castle. The Waskily Wabbit is coming Mm -hmm. to your nest in the craziest quest yet. Uh, It's got pretty... (laughs) Uh, yeah, they're trying to brag about it, but the power meter, the power meter betrays the uh, the, the contents of the game. I, well, I've actually played this before, and I thought, oh, this is gonna be a stupid game. And then, like forty five minutes later, I'm still playing the damn thing. That's because like, it's not it's this? not below three for suck, <laughs> but it's not above three for great either. It's just that perfect line of like, yeah. I can do this. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's just like. Yes. Nothing is discouraging me from doing this, the, but nothing is really rewarding me for doing it. It's the cardboard equivalent <laughs> of video games, yeah. yes. But uh, the, the best thing that anybody ever got out of this game was the angry video game nerd. When he reviewed this, he was, it's in my mind, it is the funniest episode of the angry video game nerd when he reviews the Bugs Bunny games. Because he completely gets into a fist fight with bugs, and they end up like throwing like shit pies in each other's faces, and like uh, <laughs> uh, swinging fight, swinging fists at each other, and hitting other people. And uh, they're playing the great, they're playing the uh, the music. And when uh, the nerd comes up with a plan to beat bugs, he's walking away to do something, and you even hear like that famous bum 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 bum. So it's just a perfect profanity-laden homage to the Looney Tunes. And it's the—it's definitely worth watching. If you haven't seen it, get to it. It's fantastic. And uh, after that, we see... Yeah, Fist of the North Star is based on a manga, which is based on an anime, which is pretty awesome. 
I don't know how good the game is, but they gave it, uh, let's see, three out of yeah, five. Yeah, it, it, it just parred the course. And I like some of the captions here. Don't get caught in Basque's Kazan prison clenching claws. Oh my. <laughs> that sounds dangerous. And then uh, obtaining Yulia's gold necklace will enable Ken to seemingly become two. Athletic World. Uh, again, pars the course for uh, three out of uh, three out of uh, five, and I just got all I gotta say mm-hmm. is Athletic World. Really? That's the name <laughs> you got, Athletic World. Ugh. Well, you skipped over my one. My my, my favorite titled game is Street Cop. And this <laughs> I thought is we the talked about Street game. Cop before, and this is a power pad game. Oh, yeah, it's got the power pad behind it, but like, yeah. how do you play this game with the power pad? Okay, I'm gonna read this because this is my. This guy shares my name. This is the city, my city. Too many desperate criminals are at large, and it's my job to bring them to justice. My name is Ben. I carry a badge. However, I need a partner. Are you brave enough to hop on the power pad and match my every step as I police this urban jungle? And then uh, it's got this. It's just sort of running through. And it says, don't be fooled by criminals hiding behind the trash can. Flush them out into the open and give them the business. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, you have to, you know, you don't, so you don't really control this guy since he has to move first and you have to match up with him. So it's basically like you're like yeah. syncing up with him rather than actually controlling him. Ugh, next is right. Amagon. Uh, it's the artwork is just like the skinny little guy. And somehow he can hulk out to this slightly bigger guy. And uh, the power meter is not <laughs> flattering as far as play, as far as play control no. or fun. So we'll move on. And uh, then we get to see the adventures of Lolo. I remember playing this game. Not uh, quite not quite beating it, but it's it was, very, it was pretty engaging. It's a really good puzzle game. Hide Lied. The, <laughs> this guy looks it's like if Elmer Fudd was in Dragon Warrior. That's what this guy would look like. And uh, <laughs> and there's a purple pickle with an eyeball. Yeah, like he's gonna him. like spook him or something. And uh, the power meters. <laughs> oh my god! Not too many games are consistently under three and everything, but the, the, this one is solid twos Ouch. across the board. It's probably the lowest they could put in print <laughs> without like totally yes. dissing their publishers. <laughs> so it's more like low light. <laughs> Next, we have the uh, Players' oh, Poll shit. Contest. Oh, shit. The grand prize is a... Fr- <laughs> no, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> the, and third prize for 50 winners. You win a exclusive Nintendo Power jersey, apparently worn by Howard Phillips. <laughs> One of them may have that bow-tied scented armpit sweat. <laughs> mm. And 15 second prize winners, you get an autographed WrestleMania game pack. We get to this see, is awesome. Ooh, the Macho Man himself autographing those games for 15 mm-hmm. lucky second prize winners in the Nintendo player poll. Oh, yeah. Andre the Giant Hulk Hulk Hogan, <laughs> as it says. Hulk H-A-L-K. And Randy Savage have each signed five cartridges. You could win one. Wouldn't that be great to win, to find out who won one of Andre's Oh, man, that thing uh, would be cartridges? worth 100 or 20. Oh, they knew it so be much so money! Much. Oh. I know, and then the first that makes that makes it sound much better than the first grand prize, which is a mountain bicycle with helmet <laughs> <laughs> from especially decent mountain brand. It's I Peugeot, know it's, it's, it's a bad. sweet ride, and it's, it's got this you photo. Got, you got Howard with with a safety <laughs> helmet and a safety bow tie. 
Oh, they look like they slapped a Nintendo Power sticker on both the helmet and the and the bike. You know what? You come home, you get a freaking bicycle in the mail. That's 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 a pretty sweet price. This is definitely worth the postage. Oh, for sure. Okay. Next is the Nest Journal, and uh, it talks about a whole new world, and it's uh, basically a Nintendo themed store. I I don't think many of these came out in Canada, if at all. Did, did you ever see a world of Nintendo? So this actually talks about boutiques within existing like department stores. So it's, they call it quote-unquote stores. It's not really Aww. their own store. It's just they have a big giant display in someone else's store. I don't remember ever... I mean, I didn't live in the States at the time, so I don't remember ever seeing this, to be honest. But there is a real-world Nintendo store now. Uh, it opened up a few years ago in New York City, and I have been to that one. And that one's pretty cool. It's got all kinds of... Uh, not really video games there. They sell um, all, the, all the Amiibo figures are there, T-shirts, you know, plush toys, um, all kinds of stuff from all over the world, from Japan and, and whatnot, that you can't find in any stores, basically. Like, I have a, a deck of cards that has, like, classic 8-bit Mario on them, uh, for example. And then the upstairs, they have a rotating uh, sort of museum area. Like, uh, they just had, like, a, like a life-size... Uh, when I was there, uh, Mario Kart, like golf cart, basically, cool. like a real cart that worked, and they had a whole history of like uh, portables there, from the Game Watches to the prototype of the Game Boy to all the different versions of the Game Boy, including Virtual Boy. Oh my God! They, they, <laughs> yeah, it was sort of interesting they, to see. Was that at the time, or was it, or did they really just not want you to forget? <laughs> they were just part of their history. They didn't, I mean, it just sort of said what it did and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it wasn't like a like a big so, uh, <laughs> expose yeah. on it or anything. So that's all I have to say about the uh, the World of Nintendo. If you're in New York, if you have a chance to go to it in New York City, it's pretty cool. All I have to say is I can show you a world. Eight bit sounds and sweet pixels. Now tell me, gamers, when did you first see a store with this Nintendo World? A one-stop, a one-stop boutique made for you. I asked mom, but she said no. Now I can't go, which makes me want to almost say fuck you. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Did you make come up with on the no, spot? I, I, I just wrote down I just wrote down, remember to sing. Oh wow. Nicely done. Um, uh, next we talk about Batman. Well we know how good that turned out. And uh Duke Togo, Secret Agent <laughs> GoGo 13. More more GoGo 13 to keep Ben. <laughs> to keep Ben uh, letting you know that you gave up on something great because we're not done talking about it. Yeah, it's a comic book series. Uh, they got a celebrity profile up next for Holly Robinson. She is sex. She is the 24-year-old... You cut me off, so I just <laughs> said she is sex. <laughs> she is sex. Yeah, she's oh, yeah. sex. Just embodies it. Yeah, she is the 24-year-old beauty who plays the only female cop in the hit series 21 Jump Street. Uh. And she is uh And what is up fanatic. with all these cute girl gamers in the eighties? What the frig? I mean, did, again, did you ever <laughs> meet any girls that played video games? 
before before two thousand, how many girls did you meet that like liked video games that you could talk to? Exactly. It says the in addition to Holly's busy filming schedule and time spent playing Nintendo games, she's also recording her first album. The album was due out this April, and if you listen closely, you might recognize her voice because Holly also sings the title song for Twenty One Jump Street. I didn't. I've never seen the. Mo- I've never seen the show. I only saw the movie. It, it was friggin' hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like I all, all I know about it is that Johnny Depp was in it. Oh yeah, and some guy named Richard Grieco. Uh, so what she's been do- What has she been doing since then? How has she been? What's uh, she was on the. ABC sitcom Hanging with Mr. Cooper in the 90s. And then she was on the NBC or WB sitcom For Your Love. And hasn't done a, a whole, had a, a whole lot of success, success since then. And uh, I guess this year, they're going to be, or last year, they were supposed to be starting a, um, a new reality series, which is based around her and her family. So apparently, still out there trying to I'm, make a I'm living. I'm looking at pictures industry. of her for a woman who's 51. Mm-hmm. She is still sex. <laughs> yeah, she's stunning, right? She's uh, 51. 51, yeah. and she kept it together. Yep. Good work, you fantastic ebony goddess. <laughs> and next up, we have the winner of the Ultimate Video Game Contest. And it's a game called Lock Arm. This is fantastic. It's got like this snaky Goro King Mm-hmm. Uh, next to a with like ra- a fish mermaid tail, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to a sword that looks like it's been to a rainbow party because it is just all these different, uh, mm-hmm. these different colorations on the hilt, uh, held by this. Uh, looks like if Leonardo was a human being because it's a guy with an L sash for his, like a guy with an L for a sash, and he's holding a sword. And the artwork on this is fantastic because it's by a, I believe it is a. What, how old is he? Twelve at the time, or he's fifteen. Fifteen. The artwork for this kid is phenomenal. The winner is Jeffrey Scott Campbell. Now mm-hmm. here's his. Uh, here's the plot to his excellent video game. Peace reigns in the future world of Candelia, a peace maintained by the awesome power of the lock arm sword, an heirloom of the royal house. The sword is hidden from all but the family. That is until Eric and Derek, twin sons of King Ronan the Fourth and his wife, grow up, and the secret of the lock arm sword is revealed to Zorndolf, a mysterious wizard. Suddenly, the sky darkens. Aliens appear from a fifth dimensional universe, and Derek is magically hurled across the breadth of Candelia. There, thieves steal the power rings of the lock arm sword, dramatically reducing its power. It is up to Derek to track these to cross these trackless wastes, the android inhabited cities, the ghoulish lands between and to restore the lock arm sword to its pedestal and save the world wow and the uh it's got a sketch of the 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 character sketches here are fantastic Mm -hmm. one is a uh a uh an arabian knight he rides a flying carpet and has the rope that you want Mm -hmm. uh next is robotic camel rider Get him to the uh, treasure of Tut, and he will give you a ride to... I can't read. Stage four. All right. And then there's Boss Tut. You can (laughs) find his pyramid by blowing blowing a special flute. He attacks you by shooting rays out of his eyes. And then another one looks like Jabba the Hutt, but in a gangster suit. Mm -hmm. And if his lower body was a tank. It's almost like his head is like Slimer. Yeah. 
And there are so many, I mean, the, the artwork and the thought in this game. And it mm-hmm. says that uh, in his proposal, Scott specified characters, stages of the game, controller actions, and of course the exciting story. Although there are no plans to make Lockarm into an actual video game for the NES. Scott's Ooh. great imagination. And, I mean, th- we got robbed. This game would have been a shining jewel for the NES. Oh, yeah. Why te- Why whet their appetite and say, hey, how's about you come over here and design a game? I mean, mm-hmm. they have uh, some access to Nintendo. I mean, we've seen uh, Back to the Future. We've seen shit games on the NES. I no mean, J- James Rolfe made a freaking career out of it. And, you know, would it have killed them to invest some of that money into this game? I mean, well, I mean just right. look it up. It's fantastic. And at 15 years old, Scott may become... Yeah, it's not, his great imagination and superb artwork rank with the best efforts of professional designers. And at 15 years old, Scott may become just that. Well, he did. He stuck yeah. with the art and uh, friggin' rocked it. Yeah, he's a modern-day uh, comic book artist. and uh, He did comics from Marvel particularly mm-hmm. covers for the amazing Spider-Man. So while they pissed on his dreams as a kid, he stuck with them. And, uh, you know, he did all right. Yeah. Do you want to know how he got his uh, start in the industry? Tell me. So uh, Jim Lee, famous uh, comic book artist, uh, he, he used to work for Marvel, and he broke off with a lot of other talent, uh, including uh, like uh, Scott McFarlane and uh, a bunch of others to form... Uh, Wildstorm Comics in the early 90s, and it was called Homage Comics, and they had a contest in uh, one of their Wildcats uh, issues, which was, you know, send in your artwork and you can be, uh, uh, you know, an artist, work for us, basically. He was 19 at the time, and he made a four-page comic of Wildcats and submitted it to Jim Lee, and Jim Lee was like, do you want to move out to California? Do you want a job? And he did. And his first contribution to the professional world was for the swimsuit edition of Wildstorm Comics, <laughs> which is a special. <laughs> and he did two of the uh, uh, centerfolds. I remember seeing, a, I was going through my Spider-Man comic collection mm-hmm. a while back, and uh, the 90s comics really, really went all out with, uh, with, the, uh, with the swimsuit pinups. They would have oh, yeah. like the uh, the X Men in their trunks at the beach, and all the women with close up sexy bikinis and shit like that. Like, like it yeah. was just their excuse to bear as much flesh as possible. I actually have the the swimsuit edition of that Wildstorm Studios thing <laughs> in my closet over here, and how I got it was because uh, my mom would have never let me buy that right at the time. I they had like when you go to comic stores, they used to, I don't know if they still have them now, but they had like grab bags. You know, it was like a brown bag, basically. It was like five comics and whatever, whatever, you know, and you pay like maybe like an average price for, for a couple of comics for one of those. So you get some crap in there and you had some, you'd have like one good thing in there. Well, one of, one of the things in there that I bought was the swimsuit issue. I was like, let's tuck that away and not tell the mother, the mother about that. Uh, <laughs> looking at the games, uh, the pack watch, uh, I'm looking at Back to the Future. This one from LJN is based on the hit movie from a few summers back. It has that distinctive LJN style, which, oh, which, is, yeah. which is the politest way of saying it has nothing to do with the movie and it's fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're looking at Double Dare. 
Game Tech is continuing their string of game packs based on TV shows like Double with Double Dare. The best part of these video physical challenges is that cleanup is a snap. And uh, then we look at other games like Infiltrator, uh, Rescue Rangers, and DuckTales. Uh, I remember uh, playing the new remastered version of DuckTales with voice acting in it. Did you ever play the Nintendo one or just the uh, new one? Well, of course. Well, it's actually going to be a feature. Uh, it's a cover game uh, coming up later this year in 1989. So we should probably hold off a little bit until then. Well, my memories are only of the uh, the remastered one with uh, oh. fantastic graphic sound, uh, voice acting. But uh, like if the levels and everything are uh, basically the same. Just with mm-hmm. a uh, nice with a nice uh, HD retouch, uh, right. it's a fantastic game. I haven't played Rescue Rangers yet, but I might give it a try because uh, it's a Capcom Disney game. Yep. So it's good. How often are they disappointments? Really? I mean, it's, Cap- it will, it's also co-op too, which is amazing. Shit! Can we get like a multi? Can we get a multiplayer <laughs> emulator thing going on? Maybe we'll see. The, this game might this game might be worth it. I mean, it's a Capcom game, so. Yeah, it, it don't disappoint. Speaking, but but, but you know what does disappoint? Right. <laughs> the the power to the people. Get ready for high tech hip. It's the power glove. Here's a little mm-hmm. more info on this new dimension in video game play control. Oh my God! You wear Mattel's power glove as you would a regular glove. Oh mm-hmm. shit! I was trying to put it on my feet. And feels like you're actually driving a race car. No, it doesn't. It feels like you're wearing a heavy gauntlet on your arm. You nice. can clench your fist and box your video opponent. Eh. The Power Glove utilizes control buttons on the wrist. So far, the series of game packs especially designed for the Power Glove include Manipulator, Maze Ball, and Glove Pilot. Glove it's Pilot? It's Balls. Ugh. Ugh. Still scheduled for early 90. And then they talk about U-Force. Which I is uh, what we talked about last one, and I thought that it was you didn't have to use any controllers, but here they have. It appears to be this bar that I, I, I just looks like a tuning fork, and they have two grips, almost like weights. Like what the hell? Do you have to use these or what? Uh. It says for the beginning power player, there are accessories like the grips and T-bar, which act like training wheels, holding your hands in place to help perfect gameplay. Really, you have to. You, you, you need training to hold your hands. Like, I, well, this was before Beavis and Butthead came out, so you couldn't walk around like Cornolio before with your hands held out. Like, eh, 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 eh. so you had to just. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! Like, are, you, you're used to playing Nintendo, okay? You're used to holding your arms in front of you, but uh, there, there, there is a light of hope coming around the corner. Oh yes, for the first time, a previewer mentioned. In Nintendo Power is the Game Boy. Did he? Have you ever secretly dreamed that you could put your NES in your pocket so you could play it wherever you go? So have we. Well, our dreams are about to come true as Nintendo will be introducing Game Boy. It is a portable game system that is about the size of a Walkman and uses interchangeable game packs. And they have they have to tell you that because those Tiger handheld games, mm-hmm. they, they don't want you to think just because it looks from this screenshot like a tiger handheld game they want to let you know like no you can swap out the games okay trust us they are better they're better they're actual games these things move you're not just like flashing little lcd uh uh you're not backlighting lcd 
uh, pre-scripted pictures. These are things that move. They're actual mm-hmm. games, not not interactive slideshows. Mm-hmm. There is an incredible network feature that allows you to hook two Game Boys together. You'll get an all-new type of two-player competition as you each view the action on your own screen. Game Boy will also feature built-in gameplay controls and personal earphones that transmit stereo sound. Woo! Scheduled for late summer. Hot. Very hot. And, yeah, they're not wrong about that. We're looking at baseball. I'd like them to have been previewed Super Mario Land. Yep, so that's what's around the corner. Not everything is bad, but... uh, Hot Tickets and Gossip Galore, uh, Sequel City. Oh, we also see uh, Hot Tickets, Eight Eyes. The title sounds ominous. We hear it plays like Castlevania 2. Adventures of (laughs) Dino Ricky. For those wizards at Hudson, word has it this is a caveman epic similar to Adventure Island. They didn't want to call it Adventure Island 2. (laughs) But uh, I I guess this is a... This is a... uh, an, an island adventurer who has all of his who has the right amount of chromosomes, <laughs> and uh, sequel city Super Mario Brothers three Mario will be able to fly using a raccoon tail as a propeller. Trust us, we'll tell you everything as soon as we can. Keep reading Nintendo Power for the latest. Super Spy Hunter sequel to the awesome Spy Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snoopy, good grief. We wondered when someone would make a game about the world's most famous beagle, and Seika is on top of it. Mm, that must really? be good. Really? Did Did you wonder about uh, when you're going to get to play Snoopy? No. Uh, and uh, then we get like other sports games coming off like bowling, black bass, turbo racing, Jack Nicholas's 18 holes of major championship golf, and Muppet. Oh, we get to see <laughs> Muppet Adventure. The yep. Muppets and the NES. That's what we call a rainbow connection. Uh, what the hell does that mean? Rainbow you, Connection? You never saw the Muppet movie? I, I I don't remember it, apparently. I watched it when I was really little. The beginning of it has Kermit the Frog singing like, Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's oh. on the other side? Nice. And, and he's like, Someday we'll find it. The Rainbow Connection. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. Oh, very good. Well, I actually had that game. I saw. I heard an interview with Paul Stanley, the guy that wrote it, and mm-hmm. uh, when he was writing the song, he's talk. He, uh, his wife was bugging him, and he's like, "I'm tr- I'm trying to write this song, Leave Me Alone." And she's like, "What's it about?" He's like, "I'm trying to come up with a title for this song. It's about like uh, the connection uh, between two people and like between people and rainbows." And she's like, "Why don't you call it the Rainbow Connection?" And he's just like, "Well, but uh, uh, okay." And boom, we got the Rainbow Connection. So, you know, little Muppet tidbit. And nice. uh, coming up in next issue. Mega Man who's coming. Happy birthday to Nintendo Power, Meg. We celebrate mm-hmm. our first year anniversary with a blowout Mega Man 2 knockout cover and mega review. And also, dun, 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 Dragon Warrior. You will follow in the footsteps of your ancestor, Edric, the Warrior Sage, in our adventurous review of Dragon Warrior, the game that's already a legend in Japan. How can you follow in the... F- you're following in the footsteps of your ancestor. But I thought you were the... Uh, anyway. I spelled ancestor wrong. Yeah. It looks like a cross between incest and ancestor. <laughs> the way they wrote it. Well, it is in Game of Thrones time, so... 
Uh, oh, yeah. Strider, join the most intensely trained high-tech espionage commando unit while you have to stop the awesome computer. <laughs> and then Faxanadu, the elves are having a bad day, but our hot review is just a ticket you'll need to bring peace to the elf kingdom. Plus, more previews of Robocop, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, DuckTales and Iron Sword, our regular basket of goodies and some anniversary supplies. Well, nice. And then the sign-off by Howard Phillips talking about how busy it is. Uh, we're just inundated with information. Speaking of next issue, speaking of Nintendo Power, next issue we celebrate our first anniversary. Where's the time gone? And we'll be getting a, uh, a one-year celebration perspective. Uh, some kick-ass games mm-hmm. coming up. This is a next issue coming around the corner is uh, definitely a, a pivotal one. Sure. So they've got some ads to close at the magazine. They've got one called Wings for a Friend, where this is encouraging us for you to uh, hook someone else up with a subscription to Nintendo Power at a discount, and you get a special pin that says Team <laughs> Power. And there is a... It says Wings for a Friend, and it's got a picture of a guy that has a... Space suit looks again. Like a, a spa- he's got a space suit on. It looks like it belongs from like... A, Beverly Hills now two one zero or something like that, and he's holding a Nintendo Power. He he looks like he came from the future onto a nineteen eighty show, right? Like that's like everyone had like silver tracksuits in the <laughs> uh, in the future. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just surprised he wasn't bald. <laughs> what? Why would he be bald? Well, because you know people from the future like they got the spa- they got the tracksuits oh, on and they're bald and you know they mm-hmm. all look the same because you know you don't want anyone to know that. You want them to know that there's no diversity in the future. Like everyone is ah, all yes. uh, is all like on the same page. And then on the back it says "Seal your future," and it's got a crystal ball, and it has the official Nintendo seal of quality on it with two hands sort of controlling it. And it says the Nintendo quality seal makes it crystal clear that your NES game packs and accessories are backed by Nintendo. Without the seal, it's not Nintendo. Yeah, he's like using this to divine the secrets of the official seal. Uh, although this, why uh, did you approve the U Force? <laughs> why did you approve Back to the Future? Right. <laughs> did you even yeah. see the movie? <laughs> Remember that scene where Marty was running around throwing bowling balls at people? Remember and that? Jumping over clocks? Remember that? Remember when he <laughs> ran through the glass? Remember that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up this issue of Nintendo Power. Where can they find us? Okay, you can find us on Facebook on uh, get uh, Playing With Power, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes. You can rate and review us there like some people already have. Not Thank enough, you, by the way. Yeah, it's not enough to get us a, a, an official iTunes rating, but, you know, everyone else who is listening who hasn't gone there, you know, step it up a bit, please. And even if it's like a bunch of, even if it's like an official one star rating, like just get everyone on the same page. Like just, can, can we show some unity among our fans? That's all I'm asking for. Just consistency, Maybe. consistency. And uh, sure, you can also find us on Twitter uh, at Get the Power eighty eight. You can follow us there, get updates, uh, tweet us. You know, questions, comments, praise, adulation, phone numbers. If you're you know, in the Ottawa area, like if you're in the Arizona area, well, too bad. Ben's taken, that's, but that's if, right. if you're in the Ottawa, Canada area, then yeah, uh, you'll find Mike on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
Yep. So uh, you can like, you can't find Ben anywhere else but that. But <laughs> That's as, right. As for me, you can find me uh, hosting the uh, Geek Fallout Technobabble podcast. It's a show about uh, you know upcoming or current technologies that are interesting and awesome uh, developments in the news, biology, science, chemistry, games, like all the amazing stuff that technology is bringing that either is getting mainstream attention or isn't. We'll uh, bring a a little bit of everything to the table. Uh, Most of all, my wonderful wit and personality. And uh, soon I'll also be hosting a Game of Thrones podcast called Hear Me Podcast. And uh, both Technobabble and that will be available on the Geek Fallout Productions uh, iTunes feed, uh, Facebook page. So, you know, you can check those out and check out their other stuff, too. I mean, they do have other stuff on there besides me. I don't know why you'd bother, but, you know, if you're, <laughs> you know, if you're caught up on everything involving Mike, then you want to be like, well, shit, I wonder if they even mention Mike in some of these things so you can listen to them and check it out. Because in one of them, they do. My name gets mentioned. All right. Okay. So, so. <laughs> are, you done, are you done pimping all your stuff? <laughs> I just want them to know that there's, you know, there's more awesomeness that I'm involved in. You know? Oh, for sure. Okay. So, uh, yep, that seems to be... Uh, I think I got everything yet. Okay, so I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And now you're playing with power. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. 